Joining me today will be Matt McClelland. He is the Chief Innovation Strategist for Covenant Transport in Chattanooga. Very excited to have Matt today talking about innovation. This is a position in a role, a Chief Innovation Strategist is something from coming from the news world. We don't have those people, so it will be very interesting to talk about what Matt does and why it's so important to have these people or why companies don't need them. So Matt could come on out. Hey, Emily, thanks. So we talked, uh, probably, hat, first of all. I love my your hat. hat, your toboggan. People call them toboggans? Um, That's I call what Craig it Fuller, a, I call it a stocking keep, cap. I call it my anti-skin cancer. <laughs> that's that's like very, that? I like it, it looks good. I'm You're wrapping the Freightways logo. So when I met you, probably I'd say a month or two ago, you were on our show, Off the Supply Chain. and. I saw your title, and to me, I was like, what does a chief innovation strategist do? So we need to make one correction, <laughs> yes. first of all. It's not, so my compensation doesn't yes. reflect a C-level. So okay. I'm, 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 I'm the innovation strategist, not okay. the chief. Although, I'm the only innovation guy there, so I guess I kind of... Did like, you see that that was your title? We gave you that title on our TV thank show. thank you. My boss is in the room somewhere. Does that, <laughs> can I get a promotion? Ryan? I, I think you deserve it. It sounds good. It has a nice ring to it. What exactly? People have different definitions for different words. In your mind, what is innovation? So, well, here, let me start by, I put this up together a couple of slides. In 2017, our company decided, our, our executives decided that we needed to invest in innovation and transformation as two ways that we're going to be part of what was going to make us, move us forward in the future. And so they hired Ryan Rogers, our chief innovation, our chief um, transformation officer, industry veteran, had worked in transportation his entire career, to lead IT, innovation, strategy, M&A. And within a couple of months, I was his first or second hire. He called me out of retirement. I was doing something different. I'd gotten out of supply chain. He said, I want you to come run innovation for us. And so, you know, and we can talk about what that means, yeah. right? So um, I... Um, I like, how many people have heard innovation within the last 10 minutes or hour? I mean, it's, it's probably kind of a buzzword we've talked about throughout this whole conference. And when you talk about tech, you talk, you always hear the word innovation with. Yeah, it's this overused word, Emily. And, you know, this is my favorite book that sort of describes it. It's significant positive change. It's basically, and this is the next thing that I like to talk about, it's better than continuous improvement, but it's not quite disruption. So, if you look at the other end of this arrow, continuous improvement, customers always expect us to get better, right? I mean, that's just, I want, I, I want my content to get a little bit better. Um, the other end of the spectrum, disruption, I mean, that's J.B. Hunt and yeah. 360, right? That's what they're doing. Um, Project 44, you know, these are people that are significantly making differences in, in the business. But in the middle, doing new things better. That's really what this innovation role and what we want to focus on. Why did Covenant feel the need to say, you came out of retirement, like you said, to have this role. Why did they feel the need to bring you in? What, what did they see the value in doing that for? So, you know, and it was funny because Shelly this morning in her presentation like, talked about these major milestones that were happening. There was deregulation. There was freight brokerage. There was, um, I would even go back and say the shipping containers where you should have started that because that was like the first big disruption. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much going on right now that you have to stay on top of. 
and it's hard. You come to an event like this and you walk out here in the hallway. I mean, we met a company um, at the last event, um, Adilic. Can I give shout? Is a, can I give yeah, shout out? Yeah, you people? can give shout outs to whoever. So Hayden, are you in here? So we gave. So we we came across a company that was doing AI to predict when drivers were going to start potentially having accidents. It took a bunch of feeds from different systems that we already had in house, connected some dots, and it was going to give us a dashboard. We decided that looks like an interesting product, let's prototype it. Well, guess what, Emily? We wouldn't have even known about that unless we'd come to an event like this. And prior to a full-time innovation role, I'm not sure we would, have, we would have figured out what that is. And you know, Ryan and I just got back from 10 days in San Francisco and Oregon and Southern California where we were talking to startup companies that were making major innovations, much I hate to use the word, but major innovations in our industry with software, mostly people that were not trucking industry, that were um, like, we're going to use our knowledge and our PhDs and our master's degrees to solve transportation problems. And so we had, I think we had 17 meetings lined up over 10 days. And, um, you know, again, our, my full-time job is to research and to find and ideally bring back some of those ideas for us to potentially prototype. You're saying you love this graphic you have on here. What do you love so much about this? You know, um, it, it, you know, I think the big test is when your parents ask you what you do for a living. Um, like, I'm a computer guy, right? For a long time, that's all I could say because I was in IT for most of my career. But I showed my dad this graphic, and I said, Dad, this is what I do, the middle. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do this, and I'm not doing that. I'm doing this stuff in the middle. That's, that's, it's the best visual that I can use to explain it to people. Um, I think, I, let's see, what is my next? Um, and then I show him this. Like, I help us identify what the next big thing is going to be. In some companies, you're explaining to me, you are one of one at your company, but co some people have teams of 15, 20, 30 people. When does a company need to decide it's necessary to really invest in this? So I get this question a lot. Like, does, does a company have to have an innovation yeah. person full-time to be innovative? You know, the answer is, um, I saw a couple of people nod their heads like, yeah, I answered that. <laughs> um, I mean, yes and no. So yes, unless it's somebody's full-time job to be on the lookout for this, it's just, it, it's not gonna happen. Somebody's gonna come back from a conference, they're gonna have seen a great product or an idea, they may send an email to somebody about it that is slightly up the food chain, you're like, oh, that's interesting, it's filed away and nothing ever happens. You have me on, on staff and I'll bird dog it, I'll make sure that it gets to the right hands, I'll make sure that I use the influence that I have within the organization to make sure that it, um, it sees the light of day. And that's, um, it, you know, and that's my job, is just to make sure that that, that happens. Um, if you, you know, there's some companies that have innovation teams, but they're more like product innovation, and their job is to, you know, I'm going to invent the next, you know, whatever this is, clicker. We're going to make it better. It's going to have four buttons instead of two. You know, that's what they do for a living. Um, for us, you know, it's just we can get what we need done with one person. I guess my question is, you mentioned this, somebody might come back from a conference and send an email and say, hey, I found this great thing. If people in the room don't have somebody in your role, say an innovation strategist, but they really want to pitch the next big thing, is there a way to get the attention of, say, a C-level person who you would pitch this to? How do you properly pitch something? You know, you've got to have... You gotta have <clears throat> an executive suite that, number one, is, is open to ideas. And granted, all of them are going to say that, right? Oh, I'm, always bring me a yeah. good idea. You know, there's this great 
you know, I don't have time to tell the story. The, the <laughs> Cheetos story, did you hear about the spicy Cheetos story? How that, no. A janitor in the company brought that idea wow. to the attention of the CEO. This was 20 years ago. And he sort of lied a little bit in order to get this idea to the attention of the CEO. And, you know, when the guy finally called, you know, the CEO's office got the secretary. She said, what department are you in? He says, I'm in um, cleaning services. And she's like, what do you mean? She's like, I'm the janitor at a warehouse. And he had this idea. And make a long story shorter, it became the next big thing for Frito-Lay. Um, and so, you know, for us, you got to have a management team that's open. And I feel like ours is, is, you know, Ryan is a great, I can text Ryan at 11 o'clock at night and like, hey, I was just watching this on the news and this is a great idea. He's like, book time with me tomorrow morning and let's talk about it. So, you know, I feel like we've got that environment where we are. I know some of the people here have that as well. I've talked to several other carriers, some of our competitors, and, you know, they have a C-suite that's open to those ideas as well. Do you feel like the trucking industry is open to innovation or it's still old school? We heard... You know, like you said, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of products you've never heard of, and tech is really, this is freight tech. We're starting to become a part of the tech realm, but do you feel like some people are going to get left behind if they don't get on board with new technology, new innovation? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are, like I think, um, you know, we have a brokerage division, just like most of the carriers do, and, you know, our business is changing. I mean, Uber Freight is changing, uh, 360 is, is changing us, and so, you know, we have regular meetings internally in our solutions division to talk about, you know, what are your customers telling, what are your shippers telling, you know, what sort of things do are we not doing that we need to be doing um, when you're you know, um, out having dinner and socializing with your other friends and their brokers, what types of things are they being able to offer that we're not? So, you know, we're, um, we have a good culture that we've kind of built up in order to, um, you know, to help sort of those conversations to take place internally. Um, we um, have a little bit of a budget to sort of play with that we don't have to ask a lot of permission for, so that's always nice as well. I'm sure people come to you all the time with ideas. People are always probably from Covenant going out to conferences, just like people in the room were probably sent out by their employer. How do you know what the next big thing is? How do you, when someone pitches something to you, how do you go, that's great, we, we, we need that? Oh, you know, it's a great thing at innovation and future stuff. You don't have to be right. You just have to have good ideas. So. You know, I get asked a lot about autonomous driving. I get asked a lot about hydrogen. I get asked a lot about EV. Um, I get asked a lot about AI and deep learning and machine learning. You know, these are all trends and things that I think are really going to materialize. Some of these companies are going to really pan out and some aren't. Um, you know, I have a lot of opinions about, uh, let's just take autonomous, for example. Well, I know um, we did a story. We did it, you guys have an autonomous truck when we came and we... So we have a safety truck. Okay. Level, level two autonomy yes. is not exactly a <laughs> not, driverless yes. car. But, um, you know, um, Alden from Ike, and you've had some other autonomous people here in the room. I think some of them are here in the room. You know, these are, I mean, there's probably about five players that I think are really going to hit it. There's about five more that aren't, you know, and so... Um, I get the benefit of being able to read, I mean, my, the start of my day when I open Outlook and start reading through my email, you know, Freight Waves is at the top, Wall Street Journal's at the top, um, you know, following trends, being able to stay on top of that, making sure that I'm keeping our executives informed of the things that I feel like are going to be the next big thing are all, you know, part of my job description. I get a little bit of, um, yeah, it's, you know, when you don't have day-to-day -day operations in a company, you know, when... I can go on vacation and I don't have to worry about a customer calling or if I don't have a sales quota to meet. Um, 
I get a little gentle ribbing from my, my coworkers from time to time because I do have a great position. Um, but it's also a very necessary position. Um, every time we have quarterly business reviews, customers always want to hear, like, we want to hear from that innovation guy. You know, he talked to us last time um, in this next meeting that's coming up. I had an hour six months ago. This year they want two hours. Wow. You know, they want to hear about what my position is on the next big thing. If people are sitting in the audience, and I know we have companies of all sizes, anywhere from a dozen to thousands of employees, at what point is it necessary for a company to get an innovation strategist? I mean, say you have 10 employees, is it necessary or does it really not matter the size of the company? It's what you're doing. You know, if you can afford to, have, listen, I've seen some silly job titles <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at some companies, right? But if you can afford to have a full-time person dedicated to staying on top of not just like products, like what's a new trailer skirt or a new you know, level two, level three autonomy or hydrogen or EV, but really, um, software, um, culture, which is something we should probably spend a few minutes talking about, is um, an innovation culture and being able to have ideas and mechanisms for ideas to float all the way from the CEO um, on one end of the spectrum from one of our drivers um, on the other. I'll give you an example. Um, a couple days ago, I was in our shop talking to one of our mechanics. He follows me on Instagram because I have a van, a Sprinter van thing. And, Anyway, he had sent Don't me a note. Don't you live out of the van part of the time? I, sometimes. I was gonna, we were almost going to drive here in the van. But, um, but he was following me on Instagram. He said, hey, I think you work at Covenant. I'm here too. I'd like to meet you. So we went out and met, and I spent an hour talking to him. And he was showing me this project that he was working. He was rebuilding an engine in a truck. And so I was asking about his job. And at some point during the conversation, he was starting to give me if I could do this, this would be more efficient. I could save time if this. And you know, by the end of that, I said, so if I hear you saying right, Jonathan, and I sort of repeated back what I thought I heard. He's like, yes. And so I'm taking that back to the right people in the company to make sure that that job, that those suggestions see the light of day. That's part of an innovation culture. And so that's part of also what Ryan and I have been tasked to do. Well, how do you make a good innovation culture? Because obviously that mechanic you're referencing felt comfortable enough to come to you and to talk to you. So how do you build a great culture? Gosh, you know, is there a template for that? I could sell that if there was. Um, you know, I think it starts with, you know, I mean, my boss is sitting here in the front row. He was hired to be in charge of transformation for the company. And so he pushes everybody within the organization that he's responsible for to always make sure that, um, that an idea can float directly, can even bypass the chain of command and come into his desk. He's got an open desk policy, which I'm not always, always sure is a great idea because you know, it can be disruptive as much as it can be helpful. Um, but you know, people know that if they have an idea that they have a, a, a person they can bring it up to, a person that's gonna be able to make a difference. Now that doesn't mean that every idea is a good one, right? Um, um, I've heard some bad ones, right? Some really bad suggestions, but I've also heard, heard some really good ones. So again, I just think it starts from the management structure and how, you know, in our industry, you asked about trucking. Um, not, all, you know, it's, it can be a little old school at the top sometimes, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, not, some of these people, it's a little hard for them to, to think about alternative pay structures. And, you know, we implemented a product called Ambition, which is a gamification. We have that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're out there. Yes, they are, stop and I, I would booth. recommend them. So you've got four plugs yeah. so far. Idyllic, Ambition, Project 40, yeah. So, Look at um, you, is someone paying you? Yeah, so, but Ambition is a great one. You know, in our management, our executives, uh, who are, you know, this group was all over 50, they didn't really get it. Like, gamification for sales, 
and you know Ryan, you know, was able to put forth some great use cases, and uh, we we use it now, and it's great. And they come in, they look at it, like, why weren't we doing this years ago? Yeah, that's what every time people walk in, it's funny. Speaking of ambition, when we have guests come in and we have interviewees, and then a song goes off because each salesperson gets to pick their own song, people are like, "This is the coolest thing ever." So oh, it, it is. really it it helps with just the overall culture, I think. Yeah. So. Hey, let me tell you one more thing. Yeah. I put this slide in here. I thought this was interesting because I get asked a lot about the next big thing. And I, I read, I heard Bill Gates, if you don't read his Gates notes or watch the Netflix series that's out right now called um, Inside Bill's Brain, he says this. This is really interesting. We always overestimate the amount of change that will occur in the next two years and underestimate the amount of change in the next 10. So, you know, we get, you know, we get, we get caught up a lot on some of the stuff that's happened in two years. You know, when you think about things that didn't really happen, like RFID, you know, years ago. And you and I have talked about how long you've been in the industry, but, you know, five, six, seven years ago, was it, Ryan, when Walmart was saying, okay, everybody that deals with it is going to have to have RFID, and it really didn't happen. That was an overestimation of change that was going to occur in the next two years. Um, I would argue there's some other things. Blockchain maybe sort of falls in that category a little bit. Um, there's probably several other things if we had more time. But... Um, you know, autonomous is, is really an area where this- I was gonna ask this... you about that. that. That plays well into this quote. I mean, it's not gonna happen within the next two years, but it's one of those things. Some people are very on board with autonomous mm -hmm. trucks and other people are like, never gonna happen. Yeah, Ooh. it's a long runway. Yeah. It is not a short term thing, but we, we do overestimate sometimes the amount that's gonna happen in the next two years. But when you really talk with a vendor that really understands it, like, um, I'm not going to drop this one, but like the conversation I was having earlier today with somebody just outside this door, um, he laid out a roadmap that was 10 years long. Now, granted, his VCs and everybody wishes it was probably shorter than that, but he said, no, there's a regulatory component to this along with the technology component, and the regulatory is just not going to let it happen in that short of a time frame. And so he was sort of explaining to me, here's what a partnership would look like over the long run, over the 10-year run. Which might be a little more than that. But. We've heard from a lot of people up here, and I feel like I said it's a buzzword. Innovation is, and a lot of people say we have the next greatest, next greatest product, the next big thing. Is there anything over the next few years that you're truly excited about implementing at Covenant, or you're really like, oh, we got to do this. This will really change the game. You know, that's a great question, Emily. We um, we get asked a lot about sustainability. Like, what's your sustainability plan? And I know. There's several companies and some of the other carriers. When I say people in the room, I'm, we're carriers. So yeah. I've met a lot of carriers here. But there's some carriers in the room. They really get it, and they really have a plan they're committed to. Covenant does as well, and part of that is alternative fuels. So we're thinking about right now, where do we need to be on that roadmap? Where do we need to be thinking as it relates to EV and hydrogen? Those are the two that really make sense for us in the long haul. But then we've got those are great technologies, and the ability to solve those problems and to power those trucks are going to be there long before the fueling infrastructure to provide the fuel for those trucks are going to be there. So those are two things that we're keeping a close eye on, uh, doing some thinking about some proof of concepts in the not too distant future to um, make sure that we're poised to jump on them when they actually do are ready for prime time. We have about another minute. So people have listened for almost 20 minutes to us. And if they've really sat in the car and, oh, you have something you're plugging? 
Oh, I was just going to say, people, people often ask, where do you get your ideas? You're like, you oh, read well, freight waves go. and everything. Um, hey, if any of you don't go to the Consumer Electronics Show, this is a great, well, it's a great way to do a couple things. There's, if you're a guy and you like gadgets, it's a great place to go. But there's so much trucking that's slowly starting to enter into the automotive yeah. component of it. You know, again, I hate to keep using autonomous and EV and hydrogen, but there's, there's, there's a ton of stuff that's going on um, right now. And the Consumer Electronics Show is free. If you can kind of talk your way in because you're not really in the consumer electronic business, but it doesn't really take too long to figure out a way to get in your foot in the door. But I've been for four years now, and it's probably one of, other than this, yeah. favorite <laughs> things you. I go to every year. We appreciate it. So other than the CSE, do you think of any other conferences people should go to before we run out of time? Because people are probably like, okay, that's great, but maybe the dates don't work. Have you been to anything else where you've really walked away other than this that you've been like, you know what, that was full of great ideas? You know, NACV just a couple weeks ago, that was interesting. It was all trucking related, right? So um, that might not be of interest to everyone here in the room. But if there was two things that were really evident, which is, and, and that was all of the major carriers have an EV approach and they all are sort of looking at hydrogen, some of them CNG and that sort of thing. So, hey, I want to put up one last slide. Um, who, who can think of the most innovative thing in this picture right here? Anybody. All right, since we don't have time, I'll go ahead and answer. So it, innovation doesn't always have to be a hydrogen truck or something really expensive. The lore behind this story is the manager of a Burger King who decided to move the Coke machine from behind the counter to the other side of the counter so that it, released, it, it reduced congestion. It gave consumers something to do while they were um, waiting for their food. And it also cut their labor supply. He did this idea without permission of the mothership they ended up saying, this is a fantastic idea. This is an innovative idea, right? Significant positive change. And now most fast food restaurants do this. I was going to say, so everyone I walk into, yeah. Yeah, this is an example of how innovation doesn't always have to cost money. There are lots of ideas. Every one of you in this room, there's somebody in your company that can have an idea like this. And you just have to have a culture and a management structure that will support it. Well, great talk, and I know you're very active on LinkedIn, so if anyone wants to find you, Matt McQuilland of Covenant Transport, thank you again for talking with us yeah, today. Not, not the chief innovation yes, officer. Yes, I'm sorry about yeah. that. Maybe one day, maybe one day. Thank you.